Yes, first of all, I think we often deny feelings we have. And I think it's important that we go through every feeling and that we accept every feeling we have. Because if we don't, if we push something away, um, it will eventually catch us. It will eventually catch us. It will eventually catch us. Noise, noise, noise. Welcome to Welcome to Sonosphere, the podcast that explores the sounds all around us in art and music movements through history. Thanks for joining us. We're your hosts. I'm Amy. And I'm Chris. Yeah, hi, I'm Carolina Eich. I'm from Germany and I play the theremin and I sing. Is that what you had in mind? <laughs> I started making music when I was five years old. I started with playing piano and then I had violin lessons when I was six and I got a theremin from my parents when I was seven years old so, and then I started getting lessons with Lydia Kavina when I was young and so yeah I sort of always knew that the theremin would be my instrument and that would be my thing. I grew up with classical music mainly. Um, my education was uh, around classical music. I learned to play piano and violin, studied classical viola to become an orchestra musician, um, which I didn't continue, but that's how my education was. Um, so improvising is not a typical thing you do in classical music. So I learned improvising after I studied um, together with a jazz musician and it's really a lot about personality and how you feel in a certain moment and how you can just let go in a moment and um, somehow channel ideas and energies um, so yeah that you can be make the most music in the now and in, in most honest music there is and that's always that always has been my goal to find a voice um, in the music which is as honest 
as I possibly can be. And so I can I can take things from from the classical world. I can um, use that structure I have learned from you know from music theory and put it on my pieces. Um, but then the actual music, I'm always trying to come up with ideas you know, through through improvisation, through the moment. Um, I'm not really, you know, I can't really sit down with a blank piece of paper and come something with something up um, because that's, that will be mind-based. I did that too, like, you know, doing mathematical um, things and to, you know, come up with music. That's a, that's a different way. But for me, I found out that um, writing music or composing music uh, is for me more a um, thing which has to, yeah, has to come from, from the moment. And so compositions uh, come through improvisations and then if I like something then I'll stick to it and make it into a composition. singing much later maybe when I was a teen <laughs> um, and I took lessons with many different teachers and it took me a long time to develop um, my singing voice to the point where I felt comfortable with it because I was pretty tensed and but I was using or I'm using my voice more as an instrument and some people say my singing sounds like I'm playing the theremin so I'm always keeping that approach because that feels more natural to me and that's how, when I can be free with my voice. So that's also why I don't sing specific lyrics. I make up my own yeah, fantasy language, which I don't really think about. I just, I just do it. So that's where I feel most comfortable with. performing with orchestras because there's a great color palette um, and I think the theremin blends in very well with all the sounds an orchestra has to provide and I yeah I play classical pieces or contemporary pieces by um, composers who have um, yeah they, they, they took a took time really to dig into uh, how do you really play the theorem and how, what is possible with the instrument? And I like to be challenged in the um, technical way. Like sometimes there will be a, a hard passage to play and in the first place I think, well, this is, I'm never gonna, going to be able to play this, but um, then I have to find a way um, to make it possible and to, to invent maybe a new playing technique to be able to play it on the theorem. And that's a very, yeah, that's something different than the Thurmond voice project. So 
Eskimo, but I enjoy that too. I started to play the theremin when I was seven, but it took much longer for me to come to a point uh, where I really was satisfied with the way I was playing. I mean, longer than maybe with the violin, <laughs> for example, um, because um, it took a long time to develop a certain playing technique. Um, when I was 16, around that time, um, I thought, you know, I, I need to come up with something more specific as I have learned until now to be able to play more in tune and more precisely. So I came up with this with this uh, eight finger position technique which allows me to play a note in tune before I have even heard it. So I don't need to correct my notes but I pretty much know um, because I have certain finger positions which are certain notes which note I'm going to play. Um, and, but that's just, yeah, that's the basic technique, <laughs> which I, yeah, invented. But then on top of that, there's much more to discover. Um, and I mean, the, the more difficult the piece, the, the more challenges there are to come up with new ideas. Um, for example, yeah, glissando techniques, like you would, you would, you would say maybe, oh yeah, the theremin is a, uh, a typical instrument to play glissandos on, but a glissando is not just a glissando, there's a thousand ways to play a glissando, so how exactly do we want to approach a note? Um, do we want to slide in quickly or do you want to take time in the beginning or in the end? So yeah, there's all these little nuances <laughs> um, which make it sound interesting and which make it a nice challenge to come up with new ideas. I'm writing my second method book right now and I'm going much more into detail with that. I'm like, posture is so important while playing the theremin because every little movement changes the pitch. So I've been working very much on my posture over the last years. Like how exactly do we want to sit? Which angle are the feet? Um, how is the breathing reacting to the theremin sound? How exactly do we want to breathe? Uh, in which time phrase, like maybe we breathe in the, during the breaks. So, you know, all these little things. Um, and then I've also come up with more distinguished left-hand playing technique. It's not just like, yeah, you distinguish between different articulation types, for example. And many things I do intuitively. But then when I teach my students, I'm, I'm at the point where I'm like, okay, I know how I would want this to sound, but how do I explain this to someone so that he or she can copy it. So that's that's always when it gets interesting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
when I when my very good friend of mine died, at first I thought, well, I, I tried to tell myself, well, that's normal because I knew that she was sick, and for two months I yeah I just was walking around as nothing had happened, or I just yeah told myself that this was a normal thing, until I got these panic um, panic attacks. Um, and then finally realized that's because I was, you know, pushing away sadness. Um, and so today, still when I'm thinking of my friend, I'm sad, and, but I allow myself to feel that, and I don't think that sadness, for example, is a negative feeling. I kind of enjoy it even. Um, so, that's, yeah, they're not bad feelings, they're not, no good feelings, it's just, th th yeah, we have feelings and we should experience, experience those um, unless they don't harm anybody else, like anger, for example, um, that, that's, uh, yeah, unless feelings don't harm anybody, um, we're just allowed to have them, and so in, yeah, in this um, process of mourning, um, if you allow yourself to be sad, then it's much easier to, to be happy as well and to express joy um, because um, there were joyful moments, for example, for, with this person um, and you, allowed, yeah, you, you allow yourself to express those as well because there's no neg negative or positive, it's just that's what's there. So, yeah, allergies for Thurman was we recorded that uh, over a stretch of two years. And I came into the studio with compositions, and so, and basically, a lot was loop-based. But on the album, you don't you hear the loops as as a composition, but um, there's no actual looping going on. Everything's played and sang alive, so there's no not many edits. And then in the studio, um, I would also improvise around these, um, you know, already fixed compositions and new compositions would come up by doing that. album we were you know sitting down and thinking like what what is this all about like why does this track sound like this or um and it just came through the process that um my producer alan farmello and i felt that that's the topic um i'm expressing with this album i mean music happens in the moment so 
that's what I'm expressing in that moment. And maybe, you know, in a different moment, I'll be expressing something else. And um, then that's a different story. And now it's, yeah, now it's out there. And now it's, you just put it out there. And that's, that's fine. You can make peace with it. Yeah. the very last track which is very short and um, it's voice solo um, it's more like a hopeful um, seeing uh, looking um, to the future and yeah it's, um, it's it has this sadness in there as well but it's just looking forward and going forward well, I believe that in general you can do anything in life, but all the things you do are just tools for something, um, for something bigger or for, for your personal journey. And for me, the theremin or my voice or my music is a tool to express myself and to connect with people. And it's a tool on, on my personal journey to, to grow as a human as a human being and hopefully inspire others. This has been an independent production of Sonosphere, produced by Amy S. and Chris Williams. Check us out at sonospherepodcast.com. Subscribe on iTunes and check us out on SoundCloud. Thanks for listening.